What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the PropG Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of PropG Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the PropG Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Is good, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Look Ahead, part of the SB Nation NFL show. I'm Rob Stats Guerrero from Niners Nation, and with me, as always, from Blogging the Boys, RJ Ochoa. What's up, RJ? Stats, good to be with you. Your hair is looking sharp, as always. Uh, thrilled to uh, be in your presence and, of course, to talk about the greatest league in the world. The National Football League. And before we begin, we just want to remind you, rate, review, and subscribe. I didn't think you were talking about the Justice League. I figured it was <laughs> NFL. Should I ask? I mean, the Snyder Cut is something I still haven't seen, so I can't totally vouch for that. Yeah, when you have a free week and a half, you should definitely go (laughs) check that out. Uh, Rate, review, subscribe to the SB Nation NFL show. We really do appreciate it. We love reading your comments, especially when you criticize RJ's singing, which I stand by last week. I agreed with RJ. No more singing for you, please. Mm, It hurts stats. It really does. But, you know, it is what it is. All right, we've got a lot to do on this episode. We've got an additional NFL regular season game that we're going to have to deal with. We've got pro days happening left, right, and center. Apparently, nobody could run under or over a 4-4 nowadays. Amazing how all of a sudden everybody has these pro days where they run their 40. Nobody runs a 4-5 anymore, RJ. Yeah, I mean, um, maybe um, they spent all their weekends training, watching the Justice League and just, you know, focusing on this. Uh, But um, yeah, a shout out to the NFL Combine, which may never happen again, I guess. So there's been a lot. (laughs) There's been a lot of talk about the Niners and the Dolphins and the Jets and what they could do. But we wanted to talk a little bit about number four, and that would be the Atlanta Falcons, because they're sort of like the forgotten team in the top five. Like no one's even talking about what the Falcons are going to do at number four. So we wanted to get into that and maybe a little 17th regular season game as well. So we're going to talk to Charles McDonald, senior writer for, for the win. And you uh, SB nation fans may remember him for his work with the Falcoholic. What's up, Charles? What's up? Yeah. It feels uh, good to be back in the old stomping grounds. Uh, having worked for SB nation for a while, but it's cool to see what you guys are uh, doing with the place and all the new podcasts. So thanks for having me on. Anytime. Let me tell you, I've only been here since August. Your name is like legendary in the halls of SB Nation. <laughs> yeah, we, look, I can't even lie. We had a lot of fun back in the day. Uh, but, you know, it's just kind of cool to see everyone, you know, go, moving on and uh, doing cool stuff uh, after we were all together. But, yeah, I, it was it was an absolute blast working there. All right. So first, I want your thoughts on the 17 regular season games. Uh, do you hate it or do you hate it? I hate it because... Not just because, like, it's more punishment on the players. Like, my whole thing is, like, you had the perfect aesthetic going with the 32 games, 16-game season, 12 teams make the playoffs. Like, it just worked. And now, I guess we're probably going to end up getting used to it and not really caring. Uh, Probably just take us one season to get over that. But uh, 17 games, it just doesn't click the same as 16 games. And odd number records, it, it just it's not right. Like, you know how hard we have to work to get a team to be 500. Now you have to go eight, eight and one. And that's, <laughs> it, it's just, it just messed up. But 
I, I guess I'm a fan of it because, I mean, I love watching football. So one more week to watch it during the regular season is kind of nice. And to get the Super Bowl pushed back a week, I think is, you know, it, it's not bad, but uh, it, it just seems like a little bit too much. I mean, 17 games, like why not 18? Let's at least keep it an even number. I think 18 is probably on the way. Um, yeah. like this, this is the first step. Um, it does kind of feel like, to your point, Charles, about like messing up like a good thing. If, like this is the final season of Game of Thrones, right? Like it's like you had this great thing. Um, you were so close and you just couldn't stop messing with it. The thing that I'm most looking forward to is uh, is there's going to be somebody who, when we're all in the middle of week 18, maybe it's going to be you uh, that writes this like, and I, I say this like maybe it would be an assignment, um, you know, like X team would have had a winning record if not for, you know, this final week. Like who's going to be the coach or whatever that comes out and defends themselves and says like, yeah, if not for that final, you know, week 18 game, we would have <laughs> been fine. Um, so this is birthed a whole new sort of like stratosphere of takes yeah and it's just gross like who wants to go 10 and 7 like let's keep it a clean 10 and 6 and get back to what we know as proud americans you know this is this is wrong (laughs) (laughs) yeah i agree i definitely think it's the kind of thing where we all complain now and then when we see chiefs packers in week 17 this year we're gonna be like oh this is awesome (laughs) let's dive into switch gears a little bit we'll go to the draft I'm uh, as a Niner fan and someone that covers the Niners, I'm all in number three, who they're going to pick. Let's break it all down. But regardless, even if three quarterbacks go one, two, three at the top of this draft, there's going to be a quarterback available for the Atlanta Falcons if they want to take him. But given what they did with Matt Ryan, Charles, I don't know that they could, because that guy's going to have to sit for two years. Yeah. Well, it kind of depends like how things play out. Like I think if you're, a Falcons fan who wants a quarterback, you need to root for Matt Ryan to play like as mediocre as possible. Because honestly, like, if you look at his contract, I know they restructured it, which makes it like less likely to take a quarterback, but they can still trade him next off season and have that work out for them. Like and still save some cap. Uh, but that that's really their only, the only way that that can happen. So I think if you're a Falcons fan who wants to take a quarterback, if, you, if Matt Ryan's too good, then, I mean, that's great, but you're, you've got a, you know, a fourth overall pick sitting on the bench for two seasons, which can kind of be a little bit of an expensive burden for someone who's not playing. Uh, and if he sucks, then no one's going to want to trade for Matt Ryan. So uh, I think if you're a Falcons fan who wants to see a new QB on the field, you need to have, root for, like, you know, top 15 season for Matt Ryan, which is definitely possible, I think. Uh, and, and that's kind of the way that they can get a quarterback in at four and then have him play next season. Uh, but I think, you know, there are options for them at, at four. And I think that there are like three reasonable options for them to go through. One, take the quarterback. You know, you can set yourself up with Justin Fields or Trey Lance. Like one of those guys is guaranteed to be there and have that guy sit behind Matt Ryan for a season and, and keep it moving. Two, Kyle Pitts. I mean, I am always shaky about taking tight ends uh, that high in the draft. It's because, you know, it's, it's a lot you have to learn. You have to learn not only uh, how to – you know, be an NFL player, but you're also learning like the physicality of NFL defensive linemen when you're blocking and you have to learn pass schemes and pass coverages uh, at the same time. So that's a little shaky when it comes to tight ends being drafted early, but Kyle Pitts is so special that you just kind of think of him like, if we can put him in the same offense with Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley, that could be enough to keep like an aging Matt Ryan, at least to be competent over the next couple of seasons. And I think your third realistic option that, 
makes sense is just to trade down because if you don't want to take a quarterback and you might feel like that pits is too four is too high to take a tight end, then you can trade down and potentially get another first round pick for next year from a team who is uh, looking for a quarterback at four. I mean, there's been rumors that the Panthers are trying to trade up. I think in order for the Panthers and Falcons to make a trade, the Panthers will have to give up a lot because you don't just want to gift a division rival quarterback, but uh, those are kind of three options, quarterback, cop picks or trade down. Charles, I am. Um... I cover the Cowboys here at SB Nation, so the world revolves around them as far as I'm concerned. Um, and this this feels very similar when, to when they had the number four overall pick in 2016 when they ended up taking Zeke. At the time, like at this time, um, five years ago, there was all this, you've got to take Jared Goff, you've got to take Carson Wentz if they somehow fall before uh, Tennessee and Cleveland had traded out with uh, with L.A. And, um, and with Philly because, I mean, Tony Romo had just been hurt. He had just missed 12 games the year prior. And I think that that's the difference here. And I don't want to like put this into the universe, but it does feel like we are that moment away. Like Matt Ryan is at that part of his career where he's had this like sustained run of health. But the moment that that, you know, glass breaks, no, no pun intended, like everything changes. And like your whole perception of the organization and maybe even the organization's perception of the organization changes. Do you think that like that we are, you know, he's been kind of like not defying odds, but but that the NFLness of it all hasn't caught up to him and that maybe, you know, if that does happen, that's that's to me why I feel like you almost have to take the quarterback because you're not on borrowed time, but you are in this very luxurious spot where you've never had to be in that spot as a franchise. It's about the opportunity cost to me. Like if Matt Ryan was 30, I mean, they've kind of been in this situation before back in 2014 when uh, they ended up picking Jake Matthews six overall. Like, you know, you're not even thinking about a quarterback because at that point, you know, Matt Ryan's still like 30 years old or what have you. You still have a lot of years left on his prime, but now you know, we, we're kind of starting to see the play decline a little bit. I know that Julio Jones was out uh, for a good chunk of last season, but, you know, Matt Ryan in the past has shown that he can kind of power through stretches without Julio Jones, and I think that that's getting a little bit harder for him. So uh, it, it's it's not really an indictment on Matt Ryan, the player, or Matt Ryan, like the Falcons legend uh, that he is. It's just like you – like it, it's it's hard to get these top five draft picks where you don't have to give up assets to get them. And – yeah, you have to suffer through a four and 12 season to get there, but you have a really good opportunity to not have to struggle at quarterback after Matt Ryan, you know, he's either trading next offseason or, or retires in a couple of years. And, you know, I think that Falcons fans who are like really concerned about taking quarterback at four, like when was the last time the Falcons had like a truly terrible quarterback situation? 2007, after Vic, you know, went to prison and that was only one season. <laughs> you suffer through one season, then you get Matt Ryan the next year. The first pass of his career, he throws a touchdown pass. Before Vic, like, you had some solid years with Chris Chandler. Like, as bad as things have gone with the Falcons and, you know, the Super Bowl and the NFC Championship games, you haven't really had a whole lot of years of bad quarterback play. And I tell you what, you don't want to sit through that. Like, you don't want to put yourself in a situation where Matt Ryan retires and you got nothing left. So maybe Trey Lance or Justin Fields don't work out. But you, I think you at least need to give yourself the option to have that guy sitting behind Ryan for a year. As we kind of zoom out a little bit here, what is the legacy of Matt Ryan? Because I agree, like you just said, I think he's, you could make the case he's the greatest player in Falcons history when you consider like the length of time he was there and the numbers that he's put up. But I feel like if you talk to anybody else around the league about Matt Ryan, the response you get is, meh. Yeah, I think I was, uh, I was actually talking to, uh, 
Bomani Jones about this a couple months ago in DMs, and we came to the conclusion is he's a local legend. He should have his jersey retired by the team, and I think that that's fine. Like I don't think that he's someone that needs to be, you know, needs to get like a Hall of Fame push. He had a really good career, almost won a Super Bowl. He got an MVP, and like that's nice. Like, I don't, I don't think it needs to be that much more than that. Will he get some Hall of Fame votes? I'm sure like he'll get a couple, but. I don't think he'll ever have like the big, like the Hall of Fame push that maybe a guy like Philip Rivers is going to have uh, in a couple of years. But I don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing. Like he came in to the franchise when it was at his lowest point, got him back to the playoffs like immediately. And it's been a pretty fun 10 years outside, outside the Super Bowl, you know? So uh, I, I'm, I'm thankful for Matt Ryan for not making him sit through the quarterback sewer after Vic left and, you know, I, I think you put his jersey in the rafters at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium and keep it moving. Gina Kelly has um, has obviously let us all know how painful it is to be a Falcons fan, but I think you've provided this like weird sense of of hope uh, and about like I'm not jealous or anything, but it is it is it sounds delightful. Like the the attitude you have is really pleasant, and I think that's important. Um, well, this, well, I mean, they they just crushed us. <laughs> it's just, you're just like you're weakened. You don't have any more energy left to fight. That's, that's what I'm saying. Like if they yeah. I, I, like. I, my fal- my friends who are Falcons fans uh, who don't follow like as intently intensely as I do, they're just like, I just want the team to be fun again. Like, can we just get fun football back in Atlanta again? I'm like, you know what? That's fair. After the past few years, that's fair as a goal. So you know, we'll, we'll see what happens upcoming. Right. My last one for you, Charles, I guess this is a, a great you know way to, to spring off your like lack of energy. I feel like at one point, just from afar, there was this, it was dumb at the time, um, like Joe Flacco, Matt Ryan thing that is, is this thing, an understandable thing because of draft classes and stuff. But do you feel like, cause now we've all just like, you know, the three of us here haven't gotten like apathetic about Matt Ryan, but just, I mean, to status points that he's eh, like, now, if, if you had to if you had to say who was better over the course of their NFL careers, like do you even have the energy to argue for Matt Ryan, or are you willing to just like concede? Oh no, I, on that one, I'll, I'll argue for Matt Ryan because <laughs> I I lived okay. uh, man I, I so I went to high school right outside Baltimore in Owens Mills, and I remember there was one year where the Falcons and Ravens were playing on Thursday night football, I think, and I made a bet with one of my friends that. You know, if the Falcons win, next day we come to school, you got to wear my Michael Turner jersey. And if the if the Ravens won, then I would have to wear, like, his Ray Lewis jersey. And on the last play of the game, or one of the last offensive plays that the Falcons had, Roddy White scores a touchdown. And he had the biggest push-off. Like, he's, he's coming in on his route. There's a safety coming down on him. And he just shoves this guy to the ground, catches the ball, and walks in for a touchdown. And you know what? I'm okay having, like, my beef be settled that way because my side won. So I'm, I'm chilling that way. And like people who want to argue Matt Ryan and Joe Flacco, like I'll do that every day because people go, oh, well, what, what if uh, Joe Flacco had, you know, Roddy White and Julio Jones and Tony Gonzalez to throw to? I'm like, all right, well, what if Matt Ryan had like years and years of top 10 defenses instead of literally two competent defenses since 2008? Uh, and John Harbaugh as opposed to, you know. Right, a like, rotating door of Mike Smith and Dan right. Quinn and now Arthur Smith. Like you can go back and forth with that. Matt Ryan produced. Joe Flacco has been a backup for years now. I think that that story is closed. And anyone who wants to uh, argue with me, you can come see me about that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Real quick before we go, what is your level of confidence in Arthur Smith? I think it's reasonable for fans to expect for the Falcons offense to be like back top 10 this year. If like if Arthur Smith is as good as a play caller as I think he is, I think that like a top 10 offense on the whole 
is a reasonable expectation. So I, I'm a huge fan of what he did in Tennessee. I, I watched probably half their season uh, just in terms of offensive reps. I think it's great. A lot of stuff in the red zone shows a lot of creativity. The Falcons have missed really since uh, really since Kyle Shanahan was here. So I'm excited. And if he's as good as advertised and they take Kyle Pitts at, at four, like you're going to tell me that if we're talking about one that, someone that we perceive to be the best play callers in the NFL, if you give him Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Kyle Pitts, like that should be a, a top 10 offense, I think. Yeah, the stage is set there for sure. Uh, Charles, thanks so much for jumping in again. You can follow him at For The Win. You can see his writing there. He has the best Twitter handle, football Twitter handle, I think I've ever seen at Four Verts. So well done by you, Charles. Thanks for the time. (laughs) Thanks for having me, guys. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels. But now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between so you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the ESPN. Let's shut the hell up. All right. Look, I have to get something off my chest. I listen to a great program that's called The Oddcast. Features two hosts that I really like, really admire, and I'm really grateful to work with in Rob Stats Guerrero and Brandon Lee Gowden. You both have incredibly redeeming qualities. I think you're both incredible people. You both have great tastes and a lot of Get things. Get to it already. Land the plane. Um, but um, in listening to this week's episode of The Oddcast, and notice that nobody had any qualms with this week's episode of Monday Football Monday, by the way, but I digress. Um, you two, you and, and BLG, were talking about the 49ers. I know you're all pumped. You were in the pickup line when the trade happened. Um and uh, I know you're pumped to get a new quarterback because you hate Jimmy Garoppolo. And that's fine. <laughs> I, I have no qualms with that. But when BLG asked you what their ceiling was in 2021 and the fact that you like I, I could accept if you thought the ceiling was winning a Super Bowl, if you were like, look, if everything broke right, you know, if if, you know, they caught some some luck here, whatever they they won, maybe a game that they shouldn't have because of a penalty or something like that. I could kind of swallow this. But stats, the hubris. And you know what? I, I here's my take on this. Shout out to my Monday Football Monday co-host Pete Sweeney. 
Pete was our resident, you know, um, narcissist here on the network, right? Because all about the Chiefs and, oh, yeah, we're, we're repeating and everything. And Pete will tell you, he got humbled when the Tampa Bay Buccaneers beat the crap out of them in the Super Bowl. You have picked up the mantle, Stats. You are now the resident narcissist when it comes to your NFL team. The fact that you think it is, like, completely reasonable, <laughs> your name is Stats, and no rookie quarterback has ever done the thing that you're saying is, like, completely possible. Let a, like, Again, a, I'm sorry, homerness all over the place. Homer Simpson right here. I don't see how it's not. Like, what's unreasonable about it? Just because it's never happened before? Is that your yes. argument? No. You know who says that? People who never make history. You made that. an argument. You said, well, Ben Roethlisberger won, you know, a billion games his rookie year. Cool. Do you know how many non-Ben Roethlisberger rookie quarterbacks there have been in NFL history? So, like, if you are, like, right in your wildest imagination that arbitrary rookie quarterback – you don't even know who it is. That's the other thing. Like, you're ascribing this insane level of belief to a random, like, uh, grayed-out profile right now. It, even if that player is the Ben Roethlisberger of this all, it is still incredibly improbable, which wasn't even acknowledged. The hubris. The hubris stats. A couple questions for you. <laughs> Last time Kyle Shanahan's starting quarterback played 16 games, where did he end up? They went to the Super Bowl. The time before that, when Kyle Shanahan's quarterback played 16 games, where was he? The Super Bowl. Okay. So the last two times Kyle Shanahan's quarterback has been healthy enough to play 16 games, he's gone to the Super Bowl. We acknowledge that. These are the facts, and they are not in dispute. It's okay that you have an irrational belief in your team. That's what we do, right? However, there's like, here's the thing. When you have been scarred, you're able to, you know, come to terms with the fact that like, this isn't going to happen. And you know, actually the hubris truly on the SB Nation NFL show began with Bleeding Green Nation. Michael Kist will tell you that following the Eagles Super Bowl win, they, they thought that Howie Roseman had built a monster. And that was a team that won the Super Bowl. Your whole point here is like, yeah, you know, they're bringing everybody back. You yourself are like, yeah, the only one they didn't even bring back was Kendrick Bourne. Like he was some piece of crap. When you have ridden for Kendrick Bourne more than anybody else here, that there's a massive difference in roster quality from 2019 to now. What's more is like they might not even be the – the third best team in their division. Like they're, they're, I don't even think they're in the top two right now in their division. This is insane. This is like talking to a wall. <laughs> Do you need to win your division to win the Super Bowl? Is that a requirement? No, but no. we're talking okay. about a team here that was immensely injured last year, right? And and generally right. there is a positive regression in that department. Like you generally don't lose as many games if you if you are near you know the most games lost. Like that that kind of regresses back to the mean here. However. We have just now added a 17th game to the regular season to a roster that had a lot of difficulty staying healthy this past year, let alone the gigantic question mark of who this quarterback's going to even be. Plus, I mean, I know the question was about rookie quarterbacks, but they might still start Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, no. so, no. I mean, <laughs> he's not going to be on the team. Are you nuts? No, he won't be I, on the team. I, I got to say, I love this version of you. Like you are, um, and I think you'll appreciate this, you are the Captain America that is talking about Captain America's ass. Like you're feeling it, you know what I mean? Like, and that's a good thing for you. I'm happy. I'm just worried because you're setting yourself up 
for a serious hard fall. And I've been there because I love the Dallas Cowboys. No, I acknowledge that they probably won't win the Super Bowl. I get that. The overwhelming likelihood is that they won't win the Super Bowl. Right. But they could. And I I look at those two things I said. When Shanahan has a healthy guy, he goes to the Super Bowl. I look at what Jimmy Garoppolo did, or more more accurately, what he didn't have to do during the playoff run to get to the Super Bowl. You can't tell me that a rookie quarterback can't do the exact same thing Jimmy did because all he did was hand the damn ball off. But the like idea of completely replicating that exact sequence of events is so impossible. Like You mentioned the NFC Championship game where he threw eight times. That will never happen again. Like that, you doesn't know- have to. That's the <laughs> point, is that this quarterback is going to be better than Jimmy Garoppolo. So they are improving at the most important spot. They don't have to recreate 2019. My point in bringing it up is that even if they have to hide him, they already did that with Jimmy Garoppolo and still got there. Here's my final question on this subject. This okay. is this is a call-out hour here on The Look Ahead. Sometimes we've got to recalibrate ourselves. All right, your p- part of your overall sentiment here is like, by simply not being Jimmy Garoppolo here, rookie quarterback X gives the 49ers the ceiling of appearing and winning in the Super Bowl, correct? Agreed. Okay, so if that's the case, then why do you not completely hate this trade? Because if literally any non-Jimmy Garoppolo quarterback would suffice in this capacity, why give up the capital to go up to number three when you could have just signed Andy Dalton or whatever because that dude is not Jimmy Garoppolo? Well, first of all, it's not any quarterback because the 49ers are living proof that not any quarterback could do it because Nick Mullins and C.J. Beathard were were trash bags back there and were absolutely hideous. But the idea is you're picking third in the draft. You're going to get a guy with elite skills, whether it's with Wilson or Fields. Lance, I feel less confident about, but you're going to get a guy with elite ability. Jimmy Garoppolo is not elite at anything except getting injured. We're going to have a guy that is that really, really good in theory. So yeah, that's why I'm super positive. I think the Niners are like, if you look, Vegas is confident in the Niners too. I think they're like eight to one to win the Super Bowl. Better, by the way, by a lot than your Dallas Cowboys, who I think are 28 to one, which by the way, just side note, that's a fantastic. I totally <laughs> look, this is my truly last thought on this. I generally hate when whatever NFL team trades up to number two in a draft that features like, you know, two consensus quarterbacks, right? The way that Washington did in 2012 for RG3, the way that Philadelphia did in 2016 for Carson Wentz, and the the framing of it all is we're happy with either one. Whichever one doesn't go number one overall, we're fine with. And though, neither of those situations worked out, which was awesome as a Cowboys fan. Those were two <laughs> NFC East teams. But, like, this is that and then some. Because, like, you're, you're saying, like, oh, we're cool with any of, of the three. And and that's a that's a really like arrogant mindset. And it's fine if if it works out, obviously, but it is an incredibly arrogant thing to do. And maybe it was just time for that move to be made from the 49ers. But I just want to say as we transition here that consider this evidence, you know, this this point of data to show that you might be wrong. That RJ Ochoa and Brandon Lee Gowden are in lockstep agreement. <laughs> the fact that you are the resident homer around the Espionation NFL show. That's fair. You got Batman and the Joker to unite. I'm okay living in that space because I'm going to be proven right. So we will see. Um, We wanted to get into more of the 17th game stuff. Uh, You stole my thunder because my big 
big like point that I wanted to make here is if you hate 17 games, don't worry. It's not going to be 17 games for long because they never wanted it to be 17 games. The lo- the league owners want it to be 18 games, and that's what they're going to push for. It was what? I think 42 or 43 years since they last changed the length of the regular season. I promise you we're not waiting another four decades to get an 18th game. I agree with you. Now, it is worth mentioning, of course, stats that the last time the NFL changed the number of games it plays in a regular season was 1978 and that the Dallas Cowboys went to the Super Bowl that particular season. Just saying these are facts, as you have noted, is the theme of today's episode. Um, I agree with Charles earlier. I don't like the awkwardness of it. Like that's the, the superficial stuff. But it really does suck for the players. I saw Alvin Kamara had a take on this, obviously. And I know we talked about it through the 49ers lens, but yeah, like this, this is a real thing now. And I I do think about, you know, now, like, how do you manage things? Like for, for four decades, there has been this book on like what to do right in, in week six or week 17. And especially since what was it like 2011 that they started adding or started making every week 17 game divisional matchups. And so there's, there's been this book, there's this like, okay, what's our situation? And you just kind of follow the flow chart of your book. Here's how we approach it. We rest, we play, whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, I acknowledge fully that there is a lot of money to be made here, which explains the, you know, bajillion dollars the NFL got in their television contracts, but um, it's clunky. And, and, and it's also like part of what I love about our jobs, if I'm being honest, and I'll pull back the curtain a little bit here is like, I love that there is like a weekly routine. Right. Like it's okay, cool. And we don't have, you know, Tuesday night games in Milwaukee and then, you know, an immediate back to back in Charlotte or whatever the way I love the NBA. But I love that this is that and it can be a grind like it it can be a grind to just cover this, let alone like be in the (laughs) middle of this. And so, I mean, I'm excited, as Charles said, to have another round of games to talk about and everything. But I mean, man, it just it's it's change. And so change is inherently something that we all have a problem with, like Corey Matthews once said. But I'm, I don't know. I'm, I am truly indifferent about this, which I can't believe I feel if I'm being honest. Plus twelve hundred respect points for you going boy meets world during the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, this I agree with you. And this is the part that really bothers me. And like you said, maybe I'm scarred from last year, but I don't want NFL seasons to become a health competition. Right. Totally agreed. I just don't want it to come down to whoever avoids injuries the most wins the Super Bowl. And you can say what you want about last year. All credit to the Buccaneers. They won the Super Bowl. Congratulations. I'm not taking anything away from you. But you can't tell me that that game isn't different if Patrick Mahomes has, you know, at least some semblance of his starting offensive line out there. I know for a fact the Chiefs are going to score at least one touchdown, which they didn't do in the Super Bowl. Like, it matters to me. I want to see the best quality, realistic representations of the teams when they play each other. And if we go now we're at 17, if we eventually get up to 18, I think your chances of getting that are less and less. And that stinks for all of us. So something that I think is really interesting here is a particular hypothetical. And it's it's very specific. And I think I don't mean to keep pouring salt in this wound, but Super Bowl 47. Ray Lewis only played in that playoff run. What, what did he tear his uh, pectoral muscle that year? Yeah, right. And then, and then there was the like the deer antler spray stuff, whatever happened. But like there's going to be a, a point like at some point in the future where player X gets hurt, whatever it is, whenever they get hurt. And this one extra week buys them the extra time. 
Because like you're talking, everything is a week later now, right? So so arbitrary player X is going to get hurt in like week six, week seven, or whatever, and they're going to be able to play in the Super Bowl when they wouldn't have been able to had the game been a week prior, like it would have been had there only been sixteen games. And so like imagine imagine that player is Ray Lewis or whatever, you know what I mean? Like and you lose because that player is playing in that game and he otherwise wouldn't have been. You're going to say like, man, if you know, and that's the other thing. Like I also hate, and I want to be clear, the thing I care most about is the player health of it all. But there are other like smaller factors, way smaller factors. I hate that like now we have to continually have these conversations, right? Like, well, you know, that only happened because the the regular season had expanded to 17 games. He only topped 5,000 yards passing because, you know, he played in an era that was, you know, 17 games for regular season. Justin Fields only became the NFL's all-time leading passer for San Francisco because his rookie year was when they instituted the 17-game regular season and then they expanded it to 18. And I, like that's not even including the fact that like, the format of uh, of coming to the schedule was so clean and beautiful. And I know that like it's still on a rotational basis. And I actually am a fan of incorporating more cross-conference games. But I saw, I think it was Lindsey Jones of The Athletics uh, tweet that I saw. It would have been awesome to have seen the NFL pick a particular opposite conference team. And whether it was geographical, uh, I know it doesn't totally work for San Francisco anymore, but like what would have been Oakland, maybe it's still Vegas. For Dallas, it's Houston. The Jets... Giants one is obvious, obviously. Uh, that would have been cooler to me than this this rotational thing. Yeah, it's it's so hard to make the schedule. Right? And every year that story comes out about the NFL oh, the, like computations and everything. Yeah, yeah. And I agree. Like it is, especially it's hard enough just to come out with a schedule, but then you have to factor in like whose facilities are going to be in use for what, and then right. all the teams also put in like their own kind of requests. They're not demands, but they all sort of have their own requests. So by the time you factor in all that stuff, it's very difficult to do. So I can't get on them. I agree. I would like if they kind of made the matchups a little more special rather than just a flat out formula. But this is sort of where we are with it. I. Part of me wonders if it's going to be like Facebook. And I know I'm the old dude in the room because I'm talking about Facebook now. But everybody complains whenever they change Facebook, right? It's like, oh, Facebook, they changed it. It was perfect before. It's like, what are you talking about? (laughs) Like two years later, you're like, oh, they're changing it again. It was perfect before. It's like, well, no, it wasn't perfect before because two years ago you said it was terrible. Like, But once the 17th game rolls around, we're all going to be like, this is awesome. Because like, if you look, RJ, there are some pretty good games in week week 18 this year i agree and i do think i've said this before something my family and i do is we go to one cowboys road game every year and we generally pick afc games because you're not going to be there you know for eight more years under the old format so i like that this you know uh allows like for we we went to new england in 2019 because well they aren't gonna be back for eight years lo and behold you mentioned dallas at new england in 2021 so that's kind of cool uh who is san francisco have now that I think of Cincinnati, thank you very much. Hey, that's a throwback kind of game. That's a little low key rivalry. Some Super Bowl matchup. I mean, look, if you, when you told me the Niners are going to have to play somebody in the NFC, uh, the AFC, I got a little worried. Getting Cincinnati is a fantastic draw for San Francisco. Like, thank you, NFL. So that means that uh, Arizona has Cleveland, and that means Correct. that the Rams – ooh, the Rams have the Ravens, that great Monday night football mm-hmm. game. Uh, awful uniforms in that game. And Seahawks-Steelers, kind of the battle of, like, quarterbacks who aren't going to be on the team in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> and Russ isn't even still there, which I still don't think he's going to be. Uh, yeah, the, that is how it lines up. The AFC North gets the NFC West. We get Packers-Chiefs. That's really good. 
Chargers Vikings is a fun game. You got, you know, Cousins can sling it a little bit with Herbert there. When you, you think of, sorry, when you think of Chargers Vikings, what's your first memory? I don't have any specific memory of Chargers Vikings. Mine is Antonio Cromartie and the 109 yard return. I always think of that. Like, I, that's a, a, a memory that is burned in my mind when I think of those two teams. Huh. Okay. I don't think that would stick out for most people, but sure. Why not? Let's go for it. Oh, we also, we also have, um, Believe, correct me if I'm wrong, the two South divisions play one another. So that means we have the Buccaneers visiting the Colts. So you have Tom Brady visiting Frank Reich and what would have been his quarterback in the Super Bowl instead of the one he actually had in Nick Foles. That's kind of juicy. That's a weird take on that game. <laughs> I mean, no, like that's that is like and think about how much has changed like, like in, in that whole setup. I mean, and it's a building that Tom Brady has lost the Super Bowl in Gronk, too, for that matter. You think he thinks about that? Oh hell yeah! I because I think about it. So so like <laughs> I think he definitely thinks about it. Um, so that's a good one. Um, but I think this is and this has taken on a different turn for obviously some terrible reasons. But we had mentioned this before. Carolina visits Houston. Obviously, the Deshaun Watson situation again is its own thing now in a in a completely non football sense. But I did wonder if that would have prohibited the Texans from trading him to the Panthers that would have sucked like if none of this had ever happened and it was just the football of it all and you were the Panthers and you lost out because of this weird scheduling flip (laughs) I mean you can't that can't govern your your team building philosophy though can it I mean we're gonna play one we're gonna play one game against him so now we can't do the deal you're gonna play one game against him right now like right away you know what I mean it's it's a different thing if you're playing him in in two years because like Think about it. Like, I know you don't totally care, but what what AFC division did uh, the NFC West play this past year? The AFC, um, I don't even know. Um, Honestly, I don't even remember. Well, whatever. <laughs> you, you've burned the memory from your mind, yes. um, clearly. But, I mean, wouldn't you want to trade Jimmy to one of those teams in that division? I mean, just so that the you... AFC's. Okay, so yeah, trade him to the Patriots then, whatever. But like you, that way you wouldn't have to see him for the longest possible time. No, I don't care about that at all. Okay. If, I'm you don't, you, it's Jimmy. I'm, if I'm trading you, I think I'm better without you. So why would I be worried about mm. playing you? Okay, that's a fair take. I like the, the twist on that. That's that's the hubris stats. We got to come up with a, a name for, for this version of you. Like um, instead of stats, it's like, you know, fact. You know what I mean? Like just factual evidence. That's your alter ego. Um, I like that. Uh, Dallas at New England, obviously. Philadelphia at the New York Jets. I really, really, really was hoping that Doug Peterson would be the coach of the Jets, and that would have led to that. That would have been awesome. It's going to be a fun one because you're going to have Hurts against who I, I think will probably be Zach Wilson. But, you know, two young quarterbacks in that game. There's a lot of good games in this extra week. I I, I hate to say it because I don't want to like it because I don't like 17 games. But by the time it rolls around, I'm going to be like, all right. So I have a – this is a different question, maybe a question for Kate, who I know had some uh, technical difficulties on Wednesday. But um, how do you handle this? And Stats is a big-time fantasy baseball player, all right? Everybody, please put some respect on his name. But how do you handle this in your fantasy football league now? Because, like – you don't want to be the, the the league that utilizes in old times week 17. You can't utilize week 17, right? So are we now utilizing week 17? Because like generally championship games were week 16. So like we're stretched. So it's just the regular season one week longer than in fantasy. Is that is that how you solve this? That's how I would do it. Yeah, I'm, I'm the commissioner of a league and that's my plan. You can never use the last week of the regular season, like you said, because dudes are resting. 
But yeah, if they're going to play one more, then just bump it up and and have at it. Mm, that's interesting. Um, okay, I I don't know this. I'm 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 half in, half out. Like I said, um, mostly in. I mean, it's more games, more fun, uh, more fantasy, more stuff to talk about. I guess, and and in that respect, it's a good thing. Let me ask you this: If I give you the choice right now, sixteen or eighteen regular season games, because I know yeah. you like the the even number, which one are you going with? I mean, I would still go sixteen because I love the players. Um, but if I mean, there's no question that like for all the like peculiar reasons we've outlined that 18 is better than 17. But let me ask you this. If you bump it up to 18, what does that other game come from? Do you just add another AFC division and then you, you, you roll, you go off the same format like you do your two NFC, you know, for the 49ers, I guess the two NFC divisions that you're not already playing on rotation. You just add a, another AFC division and play the same place finisher. I think you have to do something like that. Otherwise, you have to blow up the entire scheduling formula and just retool the whole thing. Just say, okay, you play the two division games and then, you know, figure out how you want to do it, whether you want to do it more geographically based or historical rivalry based or whatever it is. Because I don't I don't know how else you do it, to be honest with you. So um, I agree with you. Um, another hidden element in the, all this announcement was that the NFL is going to mandate might be a strong word, but mandate that each team play an international game every eight years. Um, and um, the international games, we have seen them go to Mexico. We've seen, obviously, the NFL play in Canada before. There has been talks of other places in South America, play other places in Europe besides London and, and generally the, the UK where they've kind of played at different spots. Um, how do you feel about that? I think, a- sorry, to answer my own question first, you, ha- <laughs> you have to, if that, that world can exist, I think when you have an 18th game, because that, wor- it should already exist, but that you have to have a second bye week then. I think you absolutely have to. Yeah, I would agree with you. If you go 18, you got to have two bye weeks, especially if you're making everybody play international. I am such a fan. I just look at it from the prism of my team. I don't like international games because they disrupt the rhythm. They disrupt the routine, right? I I like my guys to have their routine, have things exactly what they're comfortable with. When you go internationally, that totally disrupts it. You're going to a different country. You got to get your passport situated. It's a different stadium. It's a whole different ball of wax. I don't want my team to have to deal with that ever. So I'm always in favor of keeping it as routine as possible. But if they start to do this every year, then it will become routine. So maybe that goes away. I agree with that. I just, you got to have the extra bye week because you shouldn't have your bye week land only on your international trip. And I know that teams have declined to have their bye week for that reason. Like they want to have it when it, when they want it or whatever the case may be. Um, but I just like, is the NFL going to one day play a game in China? I know they've discussed that. Like, you know, like how far out are we willing to go here? You know, because that's the other thing. Like to your point, oh, we're playing a Monday night game in Mexico. Cool. Keep the laser pointers out of there. But like, that's not a big deal, <laughs> you know, but, but like we're going all the way to even London. Like that's a lot. Like, and we're the we're the 49ers. Like we got to travel all that distance, like, you know, and so but to your point about like because then it's like, well, schedule us an East Coast game before so we can stay at the Greenbrier or whatever. You know what I mean? Like there are so many like small details and intricacies of it. Um, it and like think about it. if this thing goes 18 weeks with two bye weeks. So you're talking or 18 games with two bye weeks. You're talking about a 20 week regular season. That is five months. And the playoffs are like two months. So you're talking about an NFL season that is effectively seven months long. When you say it like that, 
That sounds pretty good. <laughs> I mean, like I, I almost, I don't know if you feel this way. I would almost rather start the season earlier than, than keep pushing back the end date. I like when the NFL ends and I like, you know, that you go right into the combine. Like I like all that timing with the way it works with other sports like and, and other other like semblances of pop culture. I like that the Super Bowl's over. It's like cool. Let me take a breath. Combines here. It's uh, it's time for the Oscars and the Grammys. Uh, NBA All Star Game. Cool. And you can like kind of start like processing all that. So I don't want the NFL to dip further into that. If there's anything that felt awkward about sports over the last year, it was that like everything was happening all at once. You know, it's like <laughs> oh my gosh, like the U.S. Opens on and the NBA Finals are on and you know the Cowboys are playing the Eagles on Sunday Night Football. It was really weird. I get your perspective on that. Here's the thing. The NFL does not care because guess what? The NFL makes the sports calendar. True. Everybody reacts to the NFL. The NFL can play in the middle of the night. They can play on weekdays, holidays, whatever. The other leagues are saying, oh, shit, we can't do our sport this night because there's an NFL game. Or to be honest with you, we can't do our sport because the NFL released the schedule. Like the day the NFL schedule comes out, that dominates the news above anything else. And we already know the opponents, RJ. That's how big the NFL is. So they don't care about the sports calendar because they make the sports calendar. Don't tell that to the Baltimore Orioles who did not let the Baltimore Ravens <laughs> celebrate their Super Bowl title over year 49ers. Um, very, very infamously. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you. I'm, again, I'm just talking about personal preference. Um, how do you feel about the preseason potentially going away forever? Because like we're, we're on, I don't want to say we're flirting with that. Like it's it's not to the point of like actual flirtation, but it's like we're across the bar from it. You know what I mean? Like we're making eyes. You know, the right song is coming on. We're taking a swig and feeling brave. Like that's the point we're at <laughs> with getting rid of the preseason forever. So they have reduced it now. It'll be three games. Um, but then the weird thing is, I think I, I need to confirm this, but I thought I heard Tom Telesco, the Chargers GM, say that they are not. So it's going to be three weeks of preseason and then a week off. And then the season starts. I thought that's what I heard him say. And if that's true, I don't like that. Because I don't want to, the whole like getting to the end of the preseason is an accomplishment in and of itself. So I don't then want to have to wait another week. But I thought that's what I heard him say because I thought he was saying that he liked it because if your guys had like a soft tissue injury at the end of the preseason, they got an extra week before the games start to count. Right. But think about like what that does for the episodes of Hard Knocks. You know what I mean? Like we're really challenging <laughs> the NFL films team here. Um, also, like what is the true dress rehearsal now right like because we're well, obviously we didn't have a preseason game last year but like it's a week three that's the dress rehearsal what is it now like like you know i'm so lost like is it week two is it the final week are you playing people because you know you have that extra week uh, are you not like it's it's a weird funky place to be it's week two i don't think it's that hard week one you play for a half a second like they all do week two you get to dress rehearsal week three nobody plays i fixed it the other thing i don't like and I'm, we're all over the place, but that's kind of what this is. I don't like that half the teams have nine home games and half of them have eight. Like, I hate that we're going to look at, like, one of the coolest – it's not a big deal, but, like, one of the coolest things is, like, when it's, like, early December and we're watching a Sunday night football game and NBC flashes the graphic and they're like, you know, uh, Detroit is, like, 0-7 at home. I don't know why they would be on Sunday night football, but, like, you know, like, when they tell us they're home and away records and now – now you introduce this like, yeah, well, you went 8-0 at home. My team went 9-0 at home. And like, that sucks. 
Yeah, the, there's no with the 17 game like or the 17 uh you know 17 games. There's no way to do it though because it's all unbalanced. So they just decided to alternate years. So the AFC gets the home games this year. The NFC will get the home games next year. You're right. There's no good solution to that. But we're human beings. We like symmetry. We like things to be even, and it's just not here. And there's nothing we can do about it. We just have to sort of take it, which drives me nuts. It is. Um, it's not like upsetting. It's you know, it's like I'm I'm I like to have our bed made every day. Stats. It's like when you don't make the bed, and the whole day is left footed from that moment on. You know what I mean? It's just <laughs> you, you can never get right. You can't catch up. I just you, it feels awkward and clunky. This is speaking of awkward and clunky. That's the name of this episode. But <laughs> this is the last thing for me, and I don't know how you feel. I'm the 36. 49ers are going 17 and 0, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> um, I'm 36, and like there are certain things that happen that age you as a per. Like for example, my middle school and high school are closed. Like they no longer exist. That <laughs> makes me. That ages me. Right. Okay. I realized yesterday if your birth year starts with the numbers one nine, you can drink. That made me feel really old. And now I'm going to be this guy who can clearly remember when the NFL regular season was 16 games. And that that ages me. It makes me feel like I've officially crossed the threshold now into into old age. It's funny you bring that up. I'm only 31, um, but um, I look at time in a weird way. I I totally get your like watching this year's NCAA tournament is one of the first times that I have felt like wow these are kids. You know, <laughs> like I've I've never like truly felt that way, but I really feel that way now. Uh, but I like to look. I don't know if I've ever told you this. Let's. They've come up several times. Let's use the 2012 Baltimore Ravens as an example right now, right? So that was nine years ago, right? Doesn't feel like that long ago. I'm sure specifically for you, right? Doesn't feel like that long ago, right? Nine years ago. I know where you're going. But like at the time of that season, I've said this on several shows before and I blog on The Voice. At the time of that season, the 2003 Patriots who played the Super Bowl that followed the greatest Super Bowl national anthem of all time that Beyonce sang, like if you had like that was the same distance of time. And if you had asked me in 2012, like, hey, dude, when did the 2003 page in the Super Bowl? I would have been like, it was like 14 years ago. You know what I mean? But like now you asked me, like, when was the 2012 Ravens season? I'd be like, I was like six years ago. You know what I mean? Like it, it time is really funny in that way that like it does not feel, like think about like like Peyton Manning's first Super Bowl was 15 years ago. At, at the time, right? Like at our current times, 15 years ago, mm-hmm. at that time, 15 years prior was the Washington football team beating the Buffalo Bills in, in Super Bowl 26. Yeah. And like at the time that felt like ancient history when the Colts beat the Bears in Miami, when Prince sang Purple Rain, but like Peyton's Colts victory doesn't feel like that long ago in my mind. And I don't know why certain things have that effect. Like, I don't know what causes them to stick out like that, but it's a weird it's a weird phenomenon. I totally agree with you. Put another way, I don't know if you've ever heard this before, but we live closer to the time of the Tyrannosaurus Rex than the Tyrannosaurus Rex lives to the Stegosaurus. I've actually never heard that before. Like, I, I, don't, know, <laughs> I don't know if you were setting that up like it's a really common thing. I've never heard that before in my life. Yeah, see? Because everyone, like, you get dinosaurs. I have a six-year-old kid. He loves playing with dinosaurs. And they, it's always T-Rex, Stegosaurus, Brontosaurus. They're all included in the package. 
Well, guess what? That's not how it was. Is the Stegosaurus the one with the like curvy spine? Like the, yep. you know what I'm talking about? That's my favorite dinosaur, yeah. I That's a classic stats favorite dinosaur, honestly. If I had had to guess, Great. I would have said that. That's a good one. What's your favorite dinosaur? Something stupid like the raptor? No, the Tyrannosaurus Rex, the biggest, no. baddest dude in the land. By the way, are you... Uh, it, unless it had to, I don't know, open a door or catch a football. Are you one of these people who... Uh, not that these, there's anything wrong with these people, but are you someone who's like who's pumped about Godzilla versus Kong? Because I'm not. I'm not one of those people. Like, again, these people are fine people. I'm just not in that camp. I am a huge B-movie fan. Like, love them. Love them to death. I'm so glad that they exist. But... I'm not breaking the door down to see Godzilla versus Kong, although a good monster fight every once in a while will do us all good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can. You're the you're the vintage like gets a bowl of popcorn and a pop and like sits on the couch, gets your blanket. Um, you know, you've got to have like you got to close the blinds. Like I could totally see this in the stats household. You know what I mean? Like got to get everything right. And the wife goes into the kitchen, turn the lights off. You're ruining the mood. You know what I mean? Like I can totally see this happening in your house. The B, I mean, B movies are great, especially when they don't know they're B movies and they take themselves seriously. Like that is outstanding. Call the Conqueror with Kevin Sorbo back in the day. Great B movie. Like no business being made, but they threw it together and they were like, "We think people really want to watch this." Um, okay, uh, this this was an awkward and clunky episode, but it it's it's fitting that we finish it the right way. Um, and I asked you something when we were slacking about this. What is something, and the Atlanta Falcons were a good answer to that, so maybe this is the overall theme of the episode. What is something that you feel like is not being spoken about enough in the NFL at present time, in our day and age, post Stegosaurus? I would say probably that the 49ers are going to win the Super Bowl this year. (laughs) But be ready for it. The 49ers have gotten a lot of love lately. Been been the talk of the town last week. I know from the moment you were in the pickup line to now. I mean, you know, it's it's been nice for the 49ers. Look I out. It's coming. Is this your real answer? Because I have a real answer. No, I, I I don't have an answer, so go ahead. My real answer is this um the the, the quarterback that the 49ers infamously passed on now uh 16 years ago, uh in Aaron Rodgers. This whole like contract situation with him and the Packers. Like, are they gonna, you know, work it out? Like, I know it's been mildly reported, but like that's kind of a big deal, especially given that there was a lot of talk about him maybe potentially wanting out like that. Jordan Love is still sitting there. You know what I mean? Like that's a, that's still a thing. And like there's there's so much to focus on. Like we have to, you know, take care of all the opinions of people who think the 49ers won the Super Bowl that we lose track of time. A lot of people think the only reason he said all that stuff at the end of the year is because he was just angling for a new contract. Um, and the Packers, I mean, <sighs> It's a really hard sell for them to say like, yeah, I know we've gone 26 and six the last two years and made the NFC title game. And we're really close to, you know, knocking down the door of a Super Bowl. But Aaron Rodgers wants a little too much money. So we're going to let him leave and we'll just go with Jordan Love. Like that is a tough sell. It was a lot easier two years ago before all this happened when you could say, look, it just wasn't working out anymore. Now it's like your window is open. You're in the window now. Move heaven and earth restructure people's deals, push the cap hits down the line, whatever you got to do, but keep Aaron here because they, you got to feel like you're so close. I agree entirely. You speaking that way about him made me think of Drew Brees and the way the Saints kind of approach things over the last five or so years. It has been kind of awkward to hear the Drew Brees, now member of the media tour, 
You know, like he 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 sounds to me. I heard him on the Rich Eisen show. Heard him on the Dan Patrick show. He sounds like so just like pissed. You know what I mean? That th- <laughs> this is like his new life. And I understand he's one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. This isn't as fulfilling as that in any way. But it just it's a weird thing. You know. Well, there you go. That's going to do it for this edition of The Look Ahead. Again, please rate, review, subscribe. Shout out to all our international listeners, which I found out, RJ, we have quite a few. Really? You guys should be getting a lot more uh, games in the future from the NFL, so enjoy that. Rate, review, subscribe, and we'll talk to you next week. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.